Who are you? No, really. Who are you? Anybody? Nobody? Everybody? Antibody? Homebody? Who are you? Really? Well, <laughs> when things are challenging, how do you lift yourself up? Well, let's talk about that today and maybe we're going to even laugh about it a little bit. Let's do it. What's up, y'all? Robert Kennedy the Third, RK3, that's me, and welcome back to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the show where we dive deep and go into how people got from there to here. What are pivotal moments in their lives that they navigated to allow them to get to the success that they enjoy right now? So today, my gosh, we're going to have a fantastic episode. We got a fantastic guest. But before we get to that, just wanted to remind you about a couple of things. A few weeks ago, we had what's called what was called the Story to Stage Summit. And that summit was geared to helping people figure out how to take their story and go from no audience to a larger audience, how to generate income, how to grow your visibility and attract your ideal audience. And guess what? It's still available. So if you want to get all of the goodness that was the Story to Stage Summit, head on over to storyskills.club forward slash summit. Storyskills.club forward slash summit. And you can grab the replays. You can grab the fantastic episode sessions that we had in that in that summit we had dr delatoro mcneil lois kramer we had kirk nugent we had diana gladney we had some phenomenal presenters and i guarantee it that you are not only going to learn something but you're going to be able to transform your life transform the life of others using the one thing that's unique to you your story so let's do it get on over to storyskills.club forward slash summit Hey, y'all, if you are watching this right now and you're driving, I hope you ain't driving. I hope you're not driving while you're trying to watch this. Yeah. Get on our podcast audio version on Thursday. On Thursday, we release the audio version of this so you can head on over to What's My Story Podcast.live. What's My Story Podcast.live and get the audio version of this. All right. Well, listen. Let's jump in to our episode with our guest today. Our guest today is my man, Griff. He's the co-host of the Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell morning show on Radio One. He's the founder of the Process Success Foundation and partner for the Long-Term Care Awards. Let's bring in Griff. Griff, what's up, my man? How you doing? What's cracking, man? How are you? <laughs> Fantastic, brother. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'm super pumped, super excited. I'm ready to laugh, bro. I'm ready to just have fun with you today. What's the biggest, most exciting thing going on in your world right now? Man, you know, uh, today I've been married 15 months, a week, and three days, so wow. that's uh, pretty exciting. We we actually have a grandkid. Uh, we got a granddaughter who should be born on May 10th. So we kind of in our uh, any day right now. Uh, just so many things, man. 
is 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 crazy because as a creative, we had all the 20 off. 2021 wasn't like that rebound that they said it was going to be for everything. And yeah. really, it's, it's been 2022. So I just thank God for sustaining me this far and uh, just letting me walk in my purpose, man. It's, 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 it's really crazy. I can't believe they pay me to say whatever I want to. It's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, it's still. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? My whole life they've been saying, uh, you can't say what you want to. And I've been saying, but I can't know. And uh, it's it's, it's actually, it it takes me by surprise sometimes. Some days I'm in the corner crying, just thankful. Yeah, Yeah. man, I I love watching or listening to your show with Erica every morning. I take my kids to school and your stuff comes on and the joys and concerns is what comes on usually right just before I'm dropping them at their 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 gate. Let me actually share something with you really quickly. This is this is a throwback for me, right? <laughs> wow. That got to be that pitch just cuz I know Erica and them. Yep. That yep. got to be 2000 Oh, one at the latest. Yeah, that, that was probably is a little bit later than that. It might have been like oh four, like oh three oh four. Yeah, but it's it's been it's been a minute. This is like when back in the day I used to have a gospel music promotion site, and uh, I, they were in concert. I was in Massachusetts. They were in concert at what was this? Not town hall, but um, one of the government buildings. Um, right. in, in Boston. And so we, we were able to kind of hang out backstage a little bit. You yeah, made man. your way backstage and you just well, kept saying, I got a production. Well, I had a press pass. They, they gave me a press backstage. pass, man. I had, I had the, I had the official credentials, the official. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. So listen, let's jump into some of the stuff that I want to talk about today. Your mom used to say something to you when you were younger and before we we walk into that i want to preface this back in the 80s i actually when when jesse jackson was running for for president or he's trying to be nominated he used to have this speech that he used to give and then even before that i didn't know that he used to give this speech back in the 60s i'm gonna play a piece right. of it real quick tell you what made me laugh in that video the when lady? he said okay. you can you can say i'm in jail and i am somebody and the lady that had the camera on was like this and then did you, you see the sign that said uh jesse jackson is jesus black, black jesus, jesus. Black yeah, jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes 
Yes. So listen, I, I, I love that. And that speech, I mean, it's been in my brain for decades at this point. But you in, in your in some of your uh, documents or some of your, your history, you're about online. You said that your mom had a version of this that she used to share with you. Tell me a little bit about that. So probably from four, five years old, my mom used to stop us before we got ready for school. And she would say, look at your thumb. And we would look at our thumb and she would say, it's nobody on the whole planet that has a fingerprint like you. That means you are special. That means you are original. That means there's no duplicate of you or like you. And you repeat after me, I am somebody. So we used to, little kids, I'm a grown man. I look at my thumb and I go, I'm somebody. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah, man, that's fantastic. So let me ask you about your childhood. As you, as you, as your mom used to say this to you, you, you said at the beginning of the show that um, you're so grateful for being able to say what you want or say what you feel. Was that something that got you in trouble a lot as, as a child? Well, you know, well, not with my mama, like my mother still, I might be the, I mean, I might be the fourth funniest person in my family. Like I'm not even like my whole family is hilarious and I'm the only one that's doing it on stage. I got a first cousin. Uh, he's funny, but he, I mean, his mama's, his mama probably is the second funniest, and then it's me and then him. So my sisters is funnier than me, my mom. But in school, uh, because I was so smart, but I was so sarcastic, I got in a lot of trouble because I was clever and quick. And the teachers would say, you always, you always cross the line. But then I would say, well, what if, what if your line was the roof? And mine was the line over pi, 3.14. What if, and then I get sent to the office, but I felt good about right. that. <laughs> I, got, I got in a lot of trouble, man. Not not tr- good trouble, yeah. uh, like, the, like the, the great congressman would have said. I got into some good trouble, but, but my mouth got me out of a lot of trouble. You know, mm-hmm. I helped the... Uh, the gang members with their homework in summer school. I was going to summer school just because it was a lot of violence in the house. And I just wanted to, you know, have something to do during the day. So from the seventh grade to my senior year in high school, I went to summer school. I had great grades. I was an honor roll kid, but I was just in summer school. I would help the help the homies. And then if, and, and then when I, they gave me a pass in the hood. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I never was gang banging, but my partners was. And as long as I made them laugh, I could live. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so, so were you always, did you, did you always know that this was the direction that you, that your, your life was going to take? Did you always know that this was what you wanted to do? RK3, let me tell you something. I wanted to be a comedian since I was three years old. Wow. I used to stand behind the television hoping that it would suck me in from the back because on the television, nobody had roaches. Like nobody had roaches. (laughs) 
No, nobody was getting choked out. The police wasn't coming to nobody's house on TV. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to my three sons' house. Uh, eight is enough. I wanted all them, all them fathers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my mom worked at convalescent homes, and she would put the 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 seniors in half a circle, and she would go tell me to come in and make them laugh or whatever. And then she would go clean their rooms and stuff. And so I was on a geriatric tour for like three years <laughs> when I was a little kid, but I, I, I wanted to be a comedian. I never met one until I became one. So it was just something that was instilled in me, man. Like I had no backup plan. I'm going to be a wow. comedian when I grow up. I'm going to be a wow. comedian. Like, by the fourth grade, I went to 21 different schools growing up. And by the fourth grade, like all teachers knew, yeah, he's he's going to be a comedian. Right, right. So you knew this and a lot of people kind of feel like maybe, okay, you, you were made funny. That's how God made you. And so this was a career that, and, and you just have life easy because you knew early on this was your calling or this was where you were going to go. What were some of the maybe obstacles that you faced on the way up what was it something that maybe challenged you on the way up you know uh being black being broke <laughs> uh yeah. living in the hood yeah. uh mama on welfare uh never been nowhere you know what i'm saying like all those things but in my mind i'm like i'm gonna be a comedian i used to have globes my mother kept globes around us so i'm infatuated with globes like mm. And, and and when I think about all the countries I lived in and visited and 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 will have residency in, it's all from my mom uh uh just dreaming big for us. You know what wow. I'm saying? When you in Los Angeles and California and gangs was crazy in the early eighties, you know that. Um she was just keeping us busy. So it was a lot of, you know, while other kids was at the summer in the parks, uh, swimming in the uh, public pool. We was at the library, you know what I'm saying? Uh, doing real book reports out of encyclopedias for my mama and that didn't have nothing to do with school. So I believe my mother and my, my teachers, the educators around me were always instilling in me mm. how smart comedians, it was my fourth grade teacher that was like, you wanna be a comedian? So I got some books for you to read. I was like, hey, hey, hey. I ain't never seen no, I ain't never seen no comedian with no book on stage. I don't want to read no books. But then yeah. she gave me a Judy Bloom book. She gave me what's that? A Dear Mark God, it's me, Margaret. Book. Uh, no, Judy Bloom tales of a fourth grade nothing. There we go. She gave me a, a Mark Twain book, Huckleberry Finn, and then she introduced me to Shel Silverstein, where the sidewalk ends. And it was then that I learned comedy and parody are parallel. And wow. it starts with writing and it starts with thinking and it starts. So it just put me on this really hard sociologist uh, curriculum, if you will, to find the, the, the meaning of comedy. Wow. That sounds serious, man. That, that that doesn't sound fun or funny at all. I mean, you're, you're kind of, you, you want to laugh. You want to make people laugh. How did you deal with somebody saying you got to do 
this this work right now? Oh, what you talking about? Well, I joined the military when I, 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 my father was a Marine drill instructor and I joined the army just to spite him, but I really should have just crashed his car or something because he ain't care. Then he told me, oh, Army Stanford ain't ready for the Marines yet. So I was like, <laughs> oh man, that was, you know, wow. uh, I lived in Germany almost five years, came to Washington, D.C., uh, my best friend, Mimi walked me into a comedy club and I started April 14th, uh, 1995. Wow. And I, I came up in the same group of DC comedians as Joe Claire and Red Grant and Dominique and uh, Pierre and T-Rex. And, you know, so it's funny. I'm a, I'm a West coast dude, but I'm an East coast comedian. Wow. Wow. So I want to ask you, like, you just talked about some of the obstacles you talked about, Number one, being black, you talked about growing up on welfare and all of these types of things, and you knew what you wanted to do, but inevitably you run into spaces where you got to live, right? You got to pay bills and all these things. When you meet people who are ready to give up on what they may be called to, when you meet people who are ready to give up on their, on their career, um, how do you advise them? I'm going to give you a second to do that, to think through that while we go to a commercial really quick. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Hey, do you need time to focus on the income generating activities that grow your business? If so, My Office Professionals is the only agency you should consider. As an Optimum Business Support Agency, we provide virtual administrative support, online group coaching, technology training, graphic design and web design services through our vendor partnerships. We also help you build relationships using send-out cards, and we offer smart, simple legal coverage through Legal Shield. Contact My Office Professionals today and start growing your business tomorrow. Visit www.myofficeprofessionals.com. As business owners, we only have two arms. There's a lot of different things that we've got to do, but we want to make sure that we are able to do it effectively and efficiently. If you need help with doing that, head on over to myofficeprofessionals.com. Get with Teresa Robertson and her team. They'll make sure that you get stuff done right. We'll see you. All right, Griff. So we are back, brother. Uh, so if you have people or if you meet people that are saying, man, um, I want to do this or I've been called to this or I've been trying to do this comedy thing, but it's just not working for me. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a struggling actor. I'm a struggling comedian right now. How do you how do you lift them up, man? How do you encourage them? First of all, I tell them, don't be telling me your low self-esteem stories. I don't want it. It's addictive. Don't put that. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. That's what I tell them. Number one. And, you know, for for creatives. Uh, I can only speak for the comedy fraternity. It's like our tragedy is everybody else's comedy. Right. So my house catching on fire when I was young, I can tell a funny joke about it now, but it wasn't funny, you know? So it's, it's really, it's like singing, man. You can either sing or you can't like, it ain't no middle in it. Um, <laughs> everybody is funny until they jump on the stage and them lights is on them. But I'm the opposite because all I saw was the lights right. my whole life. I got daydreamed about them. I daydreamed about the 
red velvet curtain behind me with the with the gold tassel and and the lights and the balcony like that was my daydream they would have to snap me out of it but that's that's where i lived that's where i stayed like god kept me he kept showing me my future because my present was so horrible so it was the way it was my escape it was my i lived there you know what i'm saying I, i i called it checking out and i would check out and just be in a better place where they ain't have roaches and people wasn't arguing and and nobody wanted you to leave and when you came in they loved you and hugged on you you know it was it was i lived in that space and there's somebody that say you know i talked to a comedian the other day was like yeah i started in 18 2018 then i stopped for a while then i started again in 2020 and then COVID. because i was asking him how long you been doing comedy Right. So then I said, "Oh, you a comedy quitter?" He oh. said, "What that mean?" I said, "You ain't like you ain't like getting booed, and then you quit. Yeah. So you really get to say you only been doing comedy nine, eleven months. You don't get to start from when you first got booed. Like wow. it, this is something we take it serious. That's why we, you know, it, it, the comedy fraternity is around Chris Rock." I just did a show with his brother, Tony Rock, last weekend in Houston. And the bottom line is Will Smith is a funny dude, been in a lot of funny movies, but he ain't a comedian. Right. You know what I'm saying? Tom Hanks is a comedian. He used to be a comedian. A lot of people don't even know that. But we got a fraternity that got women in it because it's so hard. Ain't no sorority. So, you know, I stand with Chris. When it comes to anything, we we can't have people walking up on stage slapping us right. because we said something. When I was in when I was in Houston, I said, "Hey, Houston, what's going on?" Woo woo. Then for the next thing I said is, "Does anyone in here have alopecia?" Because <laughs> wow. now I got to be a dermatologist. You know what I'm saying? Is anybody bipolar? Uh, does anyone? do lights affect your speech like i mean what i'm a a comedian like i'm not a therapist wow wow (laughs) so let's let's kind of go down that for the people Uh, that's saying i can imagine no there was there was nine thousand people laughing i stayed there for a long time Right. So, so let's go down that road for just a second. I know that we talk about the, the fraternity or the sorority, the, the, the brotherhood, sisterhood, the community of comedians. Um, how do you handle, I mean, is there a line that comedians No line for us? It's a line for you. I talk about your dead grandma. It don't hurt my feelings because I talk (laughs) about my dead grandma. So your dead grandma, not safe. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I so the first time I did comedy at a church, my homeboy died, man, Reuben, Reuben Baker. Mm-hmm. And I was so hurt, man. I was I was so distraught about him being in a, a motorcycle accident because right. he was the vice president of the motorcycle club. Like he had kids. He wasn't all reckless doing Papa Willie's. And you know what I'm saying? So I was real. And his parents, his sister, his mom and them asked me to speak at his funeral. And I had to follow the niece and the auntie that was had the worst poem ever. 
uh, Ruben is a dove and he is above and we love. <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking about maybe I'll just talk about the auntie and the niece, right? And yeah. then I said, nah. So when they said, Griff, come up here, I said, Pastor, today sucks. Wow. You, this week sucked. I It sucked looking in my closet for some funeral clothes. I don't have no funeral clothes in my closet. And then I'm not up here crying because I know that Reuben is with God. He's sitting with Jesus on the throne. I'm crying because Reuben owed me money. <laughs> and the, the gasp of laughter <laughs> that came from these heart broken people. Right. It's really when I knew, man, I got a gift for reals. Like I'm not, I've done five funerals since then, but on that day, I really was like, because there go the line that you just asked. Is right. there a line? Here I am with somebody dead son, your dead brother, your dead fiance. Everybody could beat me up. Man, don't talk about my cousin, man. That's you know what I'm saying? So right. we recognize the line, but we we live on the other side of the line. That is a book, and I am writing that down while I talk to you. <laughs> I live. But on the other side of the line. But is that due to your career, your calling? Is it is that just because you're a comedian? Or can anybody just say what's on their brain? I mean, I don't mind? think anybody can. I don't right. think, I think it's absolutely 1,000% because I'm a comedian. And then let me preface it by this. Milton Berle said in his last, if you don't know who Milton Berle is, I hate all y'all yeah. so much. Yeah. Milton Berle said in his last interview on CNN with Larry King, he said it's comics and it's comedians. Right. And comics right. are people that say funny things and comedians are people that make things funny. Then he said, I'm a comedian. I'm a comedian. Right. I don't have no jokes. I don't know what happened if two guys walk into a bar. I don't know. I, right. I don't know. Like, I don't. Comics. They write and then they and then they have they open and then they have a middle and they go, ooh, I just need a punchline. Where right. comedians, we write the punchline first, and then we just have to do the setup. So uh uh I don't think anybody in the world could get away with talking about child abuse or neglect or or anything serious except a comedian, because we have learned how to take all tragedy right. and flip it. Wow, wow. So let, let's wrap here, man. We, I, I definitely want to get into process success for a moment. So you've got this foundation, uh, process success foundation that you decided that you were going to open up and start. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what, what was the reason for that? I've been working with young men between the ages of like seven and 19, like my whole life, raising them, letting them stay with me, random people, giving me their kids for the weekend. And, you know, I spoke at every youth detention center in Georgia. I don't know if it's 27, 29 of them, but I, I understand kids' pains because I lived there. I was in that pain store. So I'm just flipping it, teaching them new things, showing them things, and uh, getting ready to open a, an academy in Johannesburg, South Africa. So I'm real excited about that. 
Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. So how can people support process success and anything else that you've got going on? I know you've got, you partnered with long-term care awards as well. How can we, how can we support that? You know, everything, all my information is at two trillion.com. Just go right here to the website. Everything will be up there. Thank you so much, Robert. I appreciate the interview, man. It means a lot. Yes, sir. I appreciate you making time to be here. I know when we talked at the beginning, you only sleep like four hours a day. So <laughs> continuously. So I appreciate you making time to be here, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Take care. Stay blessed. All right. And you, you are somebody, Robert. I You're am somebody. somebody. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Hang out in the green room for just a second, man. Let's wrap this thing up. Hey, y'all, I don't know if you listened or if you got the idea from this show, but your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. Your life has something inside of it that you and only you can do. Griff today talked about being able to make people laugh and being able to think uh, about only that since about the age of three. What about you? What is your thing? What do you do? What in your life, what experiences have you gone through that you can then use to help somebody and to transform the life of another person? As we said at the end of every episode, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story. Yeah, your story. All of the bumps, the bruises, the ups, the downs, all of the stuff inside of that story. Your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3, and I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace. Story.